0: That just go to Revelation chapter 1 and start going backwards just a little bit, and you'll come to 2nd Peter, okay? 2nd Peter chapter 3, which is the last chapter of 2nd Peter, and we're going to look at verse 9. What a great and wonderful God we serve! Good to be in his house this morning. 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 9. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is longsuffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all Everybody said praise the Lord. It's all good, and I could just keep reading, but uh, verse 9 in particular, the word count is used, and I'd like to minister for a little while this morning on you can count on it. God bless you. You may be seated. This great word of God is true. Every chapter, every verse, every line. Sometime yesterday, Somebody was mentioned to me about maybe the rules of the church, and I made it clear that everything is based on chapter and verse here, 1,189 verses or chapters in the Bible and close to 800,000 words, and I said, we believe every one of them from Genesis through Revelation, every word, every chapter, every verse, every line, we believe it, and uh, God's word is true, it's going to come to pass. Heaven and earth are going to pass away as I read to you just a little bit here in 2 Peter. Heaven and earth shall pass away. You look up and you see the heavens and you're walking on the earth or driving on the earth. uh, Terra firma. But let me tell you, they're going to pass away. And the Lord, in his word, made it clear that he's going to make a new heaven and a new earth. The same creator, who created the heaven and the earth that you're now a part of, is going to do away with this first heaven and first earth. Kind of like you taking a piece of paper and just crumple it up, you're done with it. Well, there will come a time, and we're not far from it, when the Lord will be done with the first heaven and the first earth. And he's going to, the same God who created, is going to create a new heaven and a new earth where he said would dwell righteousness. So, no wonder it's wise for us to obey his word, especially, shall we say, when it said, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, meaning his right way of doing things. There is a right in God's eyes, and God has declared it in his word, that which is right versus that which is wrong. Thou shalt versus thou shalt not. And I can tell you that the reason that Satan found himself thrust out of heaven and as lightning fall to the earth and then like a roaring lion has continued to go to and fro, seeking whom he may devour, because he did not want what was right. He had no desire for the right. He took constant uh, opposition to God. Whatever God did, Lucifer, known as Satan, took the opposite side. He complained about everything. He was against everything. He feigned. He didn't understand this and didn't understand that. And uh, he finally got things going to the point that uh, beat the drum and to the point that it became a war. And a war broke out in heaven, the Bible said. And that finally the Lord had to commission Michael and his angels. That was the two-thirds of the heavenly host. And to thrust out Satan and the one-third of the heavenly host out of heaven. And so, consequently, we here on the heaven and the earth in which we live, Uh, We are finding ourselves constantly swirled about with all kinds of evil spirits that bring rebellion, bring pride, bring a stubbornness, and uh, a loud, clamoring, noisy, complaining world that we live in uh, to where people don't know whether they're coming or going. And uh, very mixed up. One, One silly little idiot said the other day, that she didn't, she wasn't a girl. Neither was she a guy. So I guess somebody is like scratching their head and saying, "Well, then, what are you?" <laughs> you know. Well, I'd say that's one confused, mixed-up person. That's what I'd say. And that's what the devil comes to do. He comes to confuse. He comes to mix up. He comes to turn everything upside down in your life and in your thinking, and cause people to do some of the oddest and craziest, and weirdest, and extreme things that he can get them to do. You have to tell yourself how fortunate you are to be in the body of Christ and to hear the truth of the word of God that will set your house in order, set your mind in order. I also quoted that yesterday to somebody, how that we do things here, as the Bible teaches, decently and in order in the eyes of God. So we don't want a house of disorder. We don't want confusion. Those are the things that the enemy is the author of. Those are the things that he uses as weapons to damn mankind, wants to cause mankind to be lost eternally and separated from God. And you don't have to be among that number. And it's going to be a number, friend, that I'm unfortunate to tell you that it's, it's innumerable. It's a great number that no man can number. But there's also a great number that no man can number that's going to be with Jesus Christ. And that's the group you want to be with. That's the number you want to be with. John saw that number, John the revelator, and he said, Who are these? And <laughs> where'd they come from? You know. And of course, John didn't know the answer to that, but the answer came back from the Spirit. He said, These are they that came out of great tribulation. They came out of great hard times, great adversity, great oppositions, great rebellions, great wars, and even rumors of wars. That's what they came out of. And that God delivered them. How does God deliver? Well, God delivers by getting you and attempting to get you to believe, to believe him, to believe his word, and to believe every chapter, every verse, every line, for you to get to the place to where you believe God's word and You don't look at it as a fairy tale. You don't look at it as some little fancy thing passing by somebody's uh, little bit of literature. Not at all. You look at it as what it is. It is the word of God. It is the word of life. And it is forever settled in heaven. And though the heavens and the earth are going to pass away, he said, my word is not going to pass away. So it's best, it behooves us to knuckle under it. It behooves us to submit ourselves to it. As many came to him during the days of his flesh when he walked upon the face of the earth. Imagine, the invisible God who is a spirit in the heavens of the heavens cannot contain Chose to come and show himself in the flesh. Showed to unveil himself to the point that he said, I'm going to walk among many women. I'm going to rub shoulders with them. I'm going to make this flesh a partaker of the same passions and difficulties that they have. And in so doing, There came many to him that would uh, fall on their face and on their knees, and they would cry out to him for help, and of course he would help them. How marvelous our God is, how wonderful he is. What did David say? What is man that thou art mindful of him? And so you might want to ask yourself, who am I that a king would bleed and die for? Not only that, but who am I that he would even tell me the second time? How many times you've been told over and over and over again, when there are teeming numbers of people, countless out there, they've never heard it one time. Not one time have they heard it. And there, the Bible teaches very plainly: it is like it is like a, likened to a harvest, and a harvest that is languishing, it's dying. And he says, the harvest says that the summer is over, and the harvest is past, and said. We are not yet saved. That's a terrible indictment to the church, isn't it? We've got a job to do. There are people out there. I'm telling you that were uh, that are like you once were. That once, what did the the, the uh, song say? Once I was lost, but now I am found. Oh, thank God for the but now I am found. The present tense that God has pulled me out of the fire. That God has taken my feeble mind. And made it strong to where I could do what the scripture said. If you want to believe, then you do what the scripture said. Believing is action. It's not just saying, me too. Believing is action. He said, except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. So we've got some repenting to do. And when you make a good repentance before God, then you are to believe what the Scripture further said, and it said for you to be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. Somebody told me yesterday that they didn't care for titles. Well, guess what? Neither do we. (laughs) We're all about the name, aren't we? Not the titles, but the name. The name is Jesus Christ. That's the name above every name in heaven and earth. Neither is there any other name that contains this great salvation you want this name you want this name in water baptism because in the name is the blood and without the shedding of blood there is no remission of sins that means there's no forgiveness there's no full pardon you can't you can't get rid of the the stain of sin in your life without the name of Jesus Christ what a what a simple really easy thing to submit to. And it was well documented in the scripture that a man was brought to the preacher. Because he had a problem. He had leprosy in his life. Meaning he had cancer in his life. Meaning he had sin in his life. That's what it's a preview of, a shadow and type of. And it was just a little girl that, that brought him, you know, just, just in. You might want to ask yourself, how can I get in touch with that that young person inside of me, except you become, as a little child, the Bible said you cannot enter into the kingdom of God. How how can can I get a hold of that little child attitude that I won't be full of malice, that I won't despise the things of God? That I won't be so unbelieving and faithless that I could be like a, a little child. They, disciples, tried to keep the children away from Jesus. Jesus said, you, you tolerate those children to come unto me. I'm not too busy to take a child up in my arms. I'm not too busy to give a child a jelly bean. <laughs> I'm not too, too busy, you know, to uh, take a moment and invest something good in a child, an innocent child. And he said, except you become like a child, that that you're not filled with malice and hatred and rebellion, disobedience and pride. The potential for all those things is there. There's no doubt about that. Well, thank God that there is a childlike attitude that reaches out and believes. And Jesus said time and again, only believe. Time and again he said that, only believe. He wasn't asking for any great thing. And that's what happened when they brought this individual to the preacher, the prophet. And he had this sin in his life. He had this difficulty in his life. He had had problems, friend. He had big-time problems. And a little girl had witnessed to him. A little girl had told him that "I I can tell you of a place and bring you to someone that can help you with your problem, and he he believed what he was told. Thank God for that. But it looked like it was proved out. He only believed up to a point. You know where the Bible tells us that we're we're of that hardy stock that believed to the saving of our soul. We're not just going to take a, a step forward and then start halting and balking and. Indecision and doubt and fear and unbelief just assails us and we just give into it, but that we pursue it, that we believe to the saving, the delivering of our souls. Okay? So you got to get, get something about you. You got to get something rising up inside of you. You got to get some faith rising up inside of you. And the Bible said that He's given to you a measure of faith, the measure of faith you got to believe in that. Take take what God's given you and put it in the right place. Invest it in the right place. Don't throw it away on nothing, on things that cannot prosper or help you. It's the things that are eternal that you want to look at because the heavens and the earth are going to pass away. All the little trinkets and all the little toys in this life are going to pass away. Bible says it's going to melt with a fervent heat. It's going to dissolve. It's going to dissolve. So what's going to happen to him. You want to get a hold of something eternal because, you see, that kind of fire doesn't have any effect on that. Let me not get ahead of myself. Bob. I feel a lot of inspiration flowing right now, and I don't want to leave you hanging. So this individual is before the prophet, the preacher, and he's, he didn't even, get, matter of fact, he didn't even get right in front of the preacher or the prophet. He just sent one of his trainees out, well-trained, and he said, "You, you go tell them to put it in our words, go on the river and be baptized. And oh, he took exception to that. His pride welled up. That just wasn't big enough and good enough and, you know, just didn't make him feel like he wanted to feel. He wanted to be the big dog. He envisioned himself as the big dog, and, and so he just balked. He just stopped. He, I don't want to. Besides, I don't want to get in that that river. I don't want to get. There's better rivers. I know better swimming holes than this one. And somebody sidled up next to him. Somebody that was a friend. a a. Uh, a confidant, if you please, somebody that was, you know, a peer. Maybe not in rank, but in other ways. And he said, listen, he said, if the preacher had come out here or sent a messenger out here and told you to do some difficult thing, he said, you'd do it. He said, gave you a simple instruction. Let me tell you, there's nothing difficult about repenting and the instruction of being baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ, and then receiving the free gift of the Holy Ghost. Three very simple steps. Nothing difficult about it. The only thing that makes it hard is your unbelief. Your stubbornness, your pride, your procrastination. You're putting it off and putting it off and putting it off. Pushing it back, pushing it back. That's what makes it difficult. That's what makes it difficult. Sometimes you blame the devil and it might not even be so much his fault. <laughs> it might be more you than him. You definitely have your part in it, your percentage. Take care of your part. Let the church and God take care of the devil for you. And you just tell God, I, I, I'm the, I'm the weak one here. I'm the unbelieving one here. I'm the one that's tripping all over myself about this, God. And I'm just going to go ahead and believe. I'm going to believe on you. I'm going to believe your word. And so this man did. And he dipped or baptized in the water, the river. And the Bible teaches that when he came up, his skin was completely whole and shining like a child, a baby's skin. No longer was he leprous, full of leprosy. No longer was he cancerous. No longer were his joints being eaten away. They had in the uh, newspaper the other day about people going on cruises and places like that, things like that. And, and you know, they're just wanting to have a good time. And, you know, they, they get in the hot tubs and things like that. Only problem is other people even advertise it on uh, uh, something about feeling you. I'm feeling you. I'm feeling you. <laughs> and uh, well, the only problem is they might be feeling more than they are bargaining for because they started talking about how in these tanks in the water there's flesh-eating microbes <laughs> and uh, people are getting horrible diseases. You know, there's a lot of stuff in this world. There's a lot of filth and sin and disease in this world and you get involved with some things, you might get more than you bargained for. But I'm going to tell you what. You believe God, and you obey his word. You can count on what he's going to give you. You can count on it to take you out of a world that's going to be dissolved and burned up with fire. You can count on him rescuing you. You can count on him being the way of escape. You can count on him. One place it even said about counting on the happiness. You can count on happiness. We count them happy. Oh, that's how we count them. We count them happy. They're one of the happy ones because they endured, because they believed, because they followed and took, for an example, the right kind of lifestyle, the word in the Bible is conversation or lifestyle, or style of living. There are many lifestyles. And this world and the devil with his tricks would like us to condemn particularly certain lifestyles. But you know what? We don't have to condemn lifestyles. We just need to hold up the best lifestyle. Hold it up high in how you live. Hold it up high in how you praise. Hold it up high in how you walk and you talk and you believe. That's what people need is an example of the best lifestyle. We don't have to to state the obvious, do we? We don't have to state the obvious. People are so confused and so mixed up to, to one person who's reputedly some popular singer. You know? That uh, she said, oh, I don't. I'm not. I don't. I'm not a he, and I'm not a she. Wow, that's that's interesting. Some people will say and do anything to get notoriety. They'll say and do anything to get attention. They don't care about what all those magazines say at the checkout counter and all the lies they tell. They don't care. As long as their name is out there. As long as they're getting uh, attention. That's all they care about. No, they can keep the, the name in, in front of people and the, the ratings going up and the money coming in. That's all they care about. So they'll say any extreme weird thing and they'll fake even doing weird and extreme things. This world is filled with all kinds of, not only hypocrisy, but fake and phony and plastic and much lies. Oh Yeah. But you see, this is a book of truth. This is a, the way, the truth, and the life. That's what Jesus said he is. And he said, you seek that first. You seek first my righteousness. And he said, anything you have need of, I'll add it unto you. I'll put it in your life. I know what you have need of, and I'll take care of it. I'll supply all of your need according to my riches and glory. And you don't have to worry about God going bankrupt. You don't have to worry about uh, the economy being wrecked, and you know, we're not too far, church family, from there not going to be any more cash, I'm going to tell you right now. And the chip, they're going to seek to take the chip out of the card and put it under your skin. You better have enough Holy Ghost in you to say, no, I will not be a part of the." Well, then you're not going to get you a Big Mac. Well, I'll live without a Big Mac. I probably will anyway, but I don't have them, right? (laughs) My arteries won't clog up so fast. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Well, I'm glad for you to crack a smile, but you just remember it's serious business. And we're not far from that strange shore, from uncharted waters. Who are these people? These are people that came out of Great Tribulation. That's who they are. Take a good look at them, John the Revelator. These are people that are washed in the blood of the Lamb. They're baptized in Jesus' name, in other words. These are people that are filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. These are those that are a part of the body of Christ. And look where they are. Oh, they're around the throne of Jesus Christ. And look what they're doing. They're praising and they're singing and they're magnifying and they're crying, holy, holy, holy to the Lord God Almighty. And that's where they are, and that's where they want to be. They're not contriving to be somewhere else and slip around to this and get over there with that, and try to get behind uh, something that would shield them from people's eyes, doing the things that the flesh wants to do, that the devil wants to inspire. I want to be, I want to be with them and with God that. You can count on. Listen to what once again. Second Peter chapter three. And verse nine. He said, "The Lord is not slack. That means you know He's not dragging around." Okay, the devil's going to tell you. It, it didn't it say it in one place? It said, um, "Where is the promise of His coming? For all things continue as they were from the beginning." That's and the enemy just loves to take that and say, "See, He ain't never going to do what He said." You know, he just likes to tell you it's never going to happen. All kinds of junk things like that. He never does say anything loud and clear, though when it does happen, and when it does come to pass, he's already slipped in, away and hidden on that one and coming up with something else to talk about. You know, Always going to do that. That's a characteristic of the enemy. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, the way some men look at it. He said, but he's long-suffering to us. In other words, if there's any delay, seemingly delay in things, you should be glad. Because that means God is giving you a little more time. God is giving you a little more of an opportunity to start believing it, and to repent of your sins. Because if you don't repent, you're going to perish. It's as simple and cut dry as that. So you want to, you want to begin to believe God's word. You want to repent. God, I am sorry for being so sorry. I'm sorry for all the things I've said wrong and when I was in my wicked mind, the things that I just was, I somehow, I just wasn't, you know, let me tell you something, you better get this good Holy Ghost work in your life. And, uh, cause you, and you know, we all need, all of us, we all need a good renewing of the Holy Ghost. And, and, and if you don't get a good renewing of the Holy Ghost, you know what's wrong with you? You're off your meds. all we need is a good dose of the Holy Ghost you hear me you just need a good shot of God's spirit in the service that's a a pill bottle you can empty it or you won't OD on it let me tell you it will charge and supercharge you it will make you happy it will make you skip and hop and jump and, and just cry out with happiness because you feel so good and so clean and so innocent once again yeah, he said that God's long-suffering to us word The reason? Because he's not willing, and I'll just put it down to you, that any, that you should perish, that any of you should perish. God's not willing for that. But he is, he does say, but that all, or all of you, should come to repentance. So, if it seems like things are dragging around a little bit, if you think things are a little slow, you might want to consider that God's waiting on you. That you're, you're dragging your heels. You're allowing yourself to be distracted. You're, you're allowing yourself to think things that are taking you away from God away from his will away from his power away from his glory instead of as it will say later on in the writing here hastening hasting 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 get up and get with it hasting they told one young man told he was quoted uh, in the paper they were talking about how fast he was at running and he said he said well there's different levels He said, I get to a certain level where he said, I have scared speed. He said, I I get scared, and I can run faster. Well, I think that that might be a good idea for everybody when it comes to getting this oh-so-great salvation. You might want to click it up to scared speed. You might want to hasten unto the coming of the Lord unto this salvation, so that you will be ready. You know, one poor, very confused individual said, well, if we don't watch television, how are we going to know when the Lord comes? How do you spell ignorance? The Bible said, the church, Number one, he's coming for as a thief in the night. And along with that, the writer said in 1 Corinthians 15, he said, I'll show you a mystery. He said, we're all going to be changed. I'm talking about the body of Christ, the church, the believers, those that have repented, those that have been baptized in Jesus' name, those that have been filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, meaning they've gotten the born-again experience that Jesus said, without it, you can't see or enter. And he said, "I'll show you mystery. We're all going to be changed. And how's it going? What's the time frame on? Oh, he said, in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye. That's one fortieth of a second. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Anybody that sees anything on TV that's saying they're going to hear some lies. They're going to hear them say." Well, that was really something else. And you know, uh, and whatever explanations they'll come up with, heaven only knows. But you know what? The church won't care because the church will be gone. Here's my song. You look for me and I'll be gone. I want to go in that first resurrection church family. I want to be a part of that. I want to be caught up with the dead in Christ and meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be. And it's going to take place in a 40th of a second. It's going to be quick. It's going to be fast. He's coming to get his precious bride. His jewels. He's going to catch us out of here. You need to envision that. You need to embrace that. You need to let the devil know when he comes around slinking around and wanting to get you to think bad things and involve yourself in unbelieving things. You tell him, I'm preparing and I'm hastening. I'm I'm stepping it up. I'm stepping it up. I'm pushing the the throttle all the way forward. I'm, I'm taking steps to move quicker in the direction of the coming of the Lord. I want to go ye out to meet him, the scripture said. I want to be there. I want to be on the front lines. I want to be Trimming my lamp and letting it burn brightly, I want to be excited i want to I want to be in church i want to not I do not want to forsake the assembling of myself together with the church i want I want to be right there. I told you I think about a a man in our church in Miami. He died he had gotten a little older and he passed away and uh I remember that my pastor was a little concerned about him. He had a lingering concern. He had a burden. And uh, and he was so grieved about it, so worried about it, that it, that night, our kind and loving God gave my pastor a dream. And he said, in the dream, he said, I heard a voice calling out names, and different ones were answering, Here! present, here. And this brother that had just passed and gone on, he heard his name called. And in the dream he heard the reply, here. What a tremendous relief. You may not think that the preacher cares. You may not think that he walks the floor. You may not think that he doesn't toss and turn about you. But he does. He does. And he does call your name. And he does give an account for you. And the book said for you to do things in such a way that when he gives an account, he doesn't have to do it with grief. He doesn't have to do it with a heaviness. You know, be not faithless, but believing. Put your faith, invest your faith. What was it the, the uh, individual that was given really something costly. And instead of investing it, you know, every time you come to church, you're making a good investment. If you're coming believing, if you're coming in faith, if you're coming to worship and to praise and magnify the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, and uh coming to lift up your heart with your hands. And uh but he didn't make an investment in the eternal things, this guy. He didn't make an investment in the heavenly things, this guy. No, he, he took a, a soiled old napkin and he cloth and he wrapped it up, the treasure that God had given him. And he dug a hole in the earth and he put it down in there and he covered it over, stomped it down a little bit. But the day came when the Lord said it's time to give an accounting. Now, you know, there there is an attitude that is rampant, widespread, pervasive in our society, our world. People don't want to be accountable. They don't want to have to give an account. They don't want to have to answer to anybody. Now you know that is so opposite how I felt when I got the holy ghost See that's the way I used to be I was a wild man I didn't need to listen to anybody you know I didn't, I didn't have to listen I just did whatever I wanted to do whenever I wanted to do it Yeah you know? And uh Oh yeah But when I got the holy ghost that, that kind of spirit went out of me. I was delivered from that. And uh, I was ready to report for duty. Somebody told me yesterday they were in the army, and I said, yeah, I'm in the Lord's army. <laughs> That's the army I'm in. I'm in the army of the Lord. I want to be a good soldier. That's in your Bible. Even to the point where I can endure hardness as a good soldier. So that I can fight the good fight of faith. We don't use grenades and guns and bazookas and tanks and missiles. The weapons of all warfare are mighty through God. They pull down strongholds. And the enemy has strongholds. Yeah. How much greater and better it is to be a part of the work of God and to invest your life into something eternal, Something that's going to last and be there when the heavens and the earth pass away and burn up and melt with fervent heat. Counting time came. You've got to be accountable. There are many people, I'm telling you, that do not want to be accountable. There are preachers that don't want to be so-called accountable. They don't want to be. They want to arrange things to where they're not pastored. Now, the word "pastor," if you read your Bible, you find that it's it's a gift. It's not something that you just and can take unto yourself. but it's a gift from god. it's 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 something that is set by God in the body of Christ. And so there are people that, they don't, they don't want to give any account. They don't want to be accountable. They don't want to answer to anybody. And that builds in their lives. And, it, and another word for it is just plain old rebellion. Not going to be in subjection. Not. You know that across this nation, probably unbeknowings to you, but that there are many people who have taken note in beholding the order of this church here and the subjection of you to God and to the ministry. Many people, and they have beheld the worship. We had one young preacher, and he's not really all that young in preaching years. He's got a lot of years behind him because he started very young. And of course, he's married and children now. And he, uh, on a Wednesday night, he came here And as he was coming in those doors, he told me later, he said, man, he said, what kind of energy you've got there? Beholding, people looking, people tasting, people partaking in what you have. The enemy would like you to belittle it. The enemy would like you to dig a hole in the earth and bury it and stomp it down. He'd like you to hide that. He'd like you to take this little light of mine. No, this great light of mine. This marvelous light of mine. And he'd, he'd like you to put it under a bushel basket. He'd like you to kick it under the bed. Yeah, that's what he'd like. Uh huh. But you, that's not your calling. That shouldn't be your attitude. That should not be how your spirit feels. You should be on fire. You should be excited. You should remember from whence you came and how you were marvelously and miraculously and wondrously delivered from the grip of the dragon and that God was mindful of you, thoughtful enough about you, little old you, from the backside of something, somewhere, and pulled you out and set your feet on a solid rock, led you to something that's higher than you are, and that when you need help that you can count on him to help you for the Lord is my helper. I shall not fear because the Lord is my helper. I can call on I often tell people that, you know, they made that song kind of famous, you know. And I, I like the line. I use the line, you know. If you need me, call me. <laughs> but, you know, oh, I and Tina, they couldn't deliver. They couldn't deliver on their, their song and their words. But my God can. My God can. His hand is not short. Oh, no, my friend. he can He can reach right where you're at. And he can pull you out. And he can deliver you save you. He can clear up the fog of your mind. He can balance everything in your whole system. Yeah. Yeah. I'm always praying for people to get their blood pressure between eighty and one twenty. And their sugar too. And I don't whatever else is supposed to be between eighty and one twenty, Lord, put it there, will you? <laughs> Maybe my weight, huh? <laughs> whatever. You know? Yeah. God can do these things. God can do these things. Somebody said they were having trouble with their adrenaline glands. They said, what are they? And I said, well, they're like two jockeys that sit on top of your kidneys. And they're what gives you a certain amount of chemistry. In some cases, it gives you what they call flight or fright. (laughs) In other words, if you're in a position and you can't move and you just can't do anything, you'll probably pass out because there'll be such an adrenaline rush And you can't do anything, so you'll just probably pass out from it. But if you're in a position where you can have flight, then you'll be able to do what might even be considered a supernatural feat, a superhuman feat. Women have been known to lift cars off of a pinned child because of the chemistry that excreted from their adrenaline glands. So so the individual that's having the challenge with their Adrenaline glance told me, oh, my jockeys are hanging over and they're dragging the ground. <laughs> Their foot is out of the stirrup. <laughs> well, God knows the things we go we get exposed to when we go through church family. And the challenges in our physical frames, we are but mortal and human. But boy, we do know the healer now, don't we? We do know the healer. Amen. Amen. And amen. I I couldn't help it, and I'm glad I couldn't help it. But Wednesday night I was standing at the front door and just back a little bit and Brother Colbert opened the door. He'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord. He opened the door and in came Brother Small and I just raised my hands. I couldn't help but praise God and thank Him for that notable miracle that none can deny. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for the many healings Thank you for the many miracles. Thank you for the many blessings. Thank you, Jesus, for being mindful of us. Thank you that I can count on you. If I'll, if I'll just do right, if I'll just attain to that righteousness, you know. You should read about the scribes and the Pharisees and the Sadducees. They were the denominations, the religious bodies of the time when. Jesus walked the face of the earth under the law in the days of his flesh. And you should read what all they did religiously. Yeah. And Jesus said, except your righteousness, exceed their righteousness. (laughs) We're going to have to do a lot better now, aren't we? We're gonna to have to step it up now, are we? That's what the guy stood there and he said, "I, I do, the, I fast twice in the week, and I give tithe of all that I possess." You hear that? It's in your Bible? Yeah. I mean, I do this and I do that and I do the other. Yeah, that's what he he was telling God. That's what he was telling God. In God's word, he said. That righteousness that that guy was talking about, he said, your righteousness is going to have to exceed his if you're going to make it. How great is this New Testament salvation? How great is the blood of the Lamb? How great is the spirit of the Holy Ghost? Oh, friend, we have been given something here, church. It didn't come on a silver platter. It came on a rugged cross. You might want to keep that in mind. There was blood running down that cross. Yes. Yes. It was agony that was played out on that cross. And There was a a body that was beaten to a pulp that croaked out. Forgive them for they know not what they do. Wake up. Wake up to what you're doing. Wake up to what you're doing. Wake up. Wake up. Start running. Hasten to this salvation. You can count on God's reaction. Oh, he wants, he's, he's not willing that any should perish. He wants to take you up like a child in his arms. And he's He's telling Everybody, every every kind of hindrance, every devil, he's saying, you let them come unto me. You let them come unto me. Because he made the way for you to come unto him when he gave his life on that cross. When he shed the blood of the Spirit on that cross. He did that. He did that for you. And never mind the whole, he did it for you. Bring it down to you. He did that for me. I need to show some appreciation. I need to I need to do things right. I need to make the right steps. I need to order my thoughts aright. I need to praise him. I need to join him with the living creatures that cry, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, just and true in thy ways, thou King of saints. All the earth shall come and worship before thee. I want to be among the church, the group. Somebody asked me the other day, Matthew 25 and 31. Sheep on one side, goats on the other. Well, there's a comma in there. And in Daniel, they that are going to rise to everlasting life, comma, they that are going to rise to everlasting damnation. That comma is a thousand years difference right there, two events. They said, well, how how does it? I said, "Well, well, he's going to come back with his church. Get your prepositions right. He's going to come back with his church. And that throne is going to come down. And there's going to be one sitting on that throne. And we'll judge angels, fallen angels. And we shall judge. Oh, friend, I don't want to be with the goats then. Then you better not be with them now. You better get called out of that herd. You better let God make you a sheep. Let Him make you a sheep. Get born again. Get the right spirit. Get the right attitude. Pray for the right heart. Created me a clean heart. Clean me up. Renew within me a right spirit. Now, we're not going to take you and keep baptizing you over and over. We had one dear sister. <laughs> First name was Betty. Every time she showed up here, which wasn't too often, but every time she did, she wanted to be rebaptized. And Back in the day when they baptized in the creek and they didn't have indoor things, they baptized in the creek. In our case, maybe we'd call it the lake. But they said, if we did that, if we baptized them every time they stubbed their toe, Said we'd uh, keep the creek mighty muddy. Keep it. The water is pretty stirred up, wouldn't we? But you know that's not the way the Bible teaches it. When we baptize. You can't be born again. Again. Hello. My laser needle is not hung up. You cannot be born again. Again. All right. Once the church births you into the body of Christ. And you stub your toe, shall we say. And that's where 1 John 1 and 9 comes in. That if you confess unto God, then he's faithful and just to forgive you of your sin. Isn't that nice? Oh yeah, he's a loving God. He's a kind God. He's a merciful God. Oh, he is a merciful God. And oh, that we would praise him for his mercies. Oh, that we would thank him for the wondrous things that he not only has done, but that he is doing, present tense, and that he's going to be doing. He's got so many good things planned. And you want to be a part of it. And everybody said amen. Yeah, everybody said praise the Lord. In Second Peter also, I'd like to read verse 9. As I told you, quoted to you from the book of Revelation, chapter 7, where John the Revelator comes up and says, who are these? Whence came they? The answer was, these are they that came out of great tribulation. Second Peter chapter 2 and verse 9. The Lord knoweth how to deliver. You know, God knows how to save, church family. Okay, he knows how to run his business. So he don't need you sticking your big foot and mouth into it and messing everything up. God knows how to run his business. The Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptations and to reserve the unjust unto the day of judgment to be punished. Hmm. I'm glad that God knows how. To deliver. I'm glad that he knows how to save. He knows how to pull us out of the fire. He knows how to save us from temptation. He knows how to give his angels charge concerning us. That's at any time we dash our foot on a stone. Isn't that great? You know, God pays attention to detail, church family. Yes, he does. And I want you to believe that he loves you. I really want you to believe that. Second Peter 3.15 It said, An account that the long-suffering of our Lord is salvation. It's not, Lord, what's taken you so long? Don't you dare ask that. Don't you dare say that. You get on your knees and you say, God, forgive me for dragging my heels, for me being so slow to react to your overtures, to your reaching for me. That's what you pray. God, help my unbelief. Isn't that what one man said? They, they said, Only believe. And he said, I believe. With tears he cried out and he said, Lord, help thou mine unbelief. Help me with the things I'm struggling with. I need help. I need help. We all need help. But that's not an excuse, church family. That's not an excuse. Okay, That's not an excuse to discard rules or boundaries. That's not an excuse to let things be haphazard in any way. That's not an excuse to be wild and woolly, and I'm not going to be accountable to anybody. Okay, That's not what that's teaching at all. Not what the Bible teaches at all. An account that the long-suffering of our Lord is salvation, even as our beloved brother Paul, the apostle, also according to the wisdom given unto him, hath written unto you, as also in all his epistles, speaking in them of those things in which are some things hard to be understood. You know, not everybody's light bulb turns on at the same time. You know, not everybody's, even the Bible said when you sow the seed on good ground, which is an honest heart, it said some bring forth 30 and some 60 and some 100. Well, same thing with the light bulb. Some it's a 30 watt and some it's a 60 watt and some it's a 100 watt, all right? Some people grasp and understand something a little bit quicker and get a little bit more brightness on the subject than others, okay? But the book is right. It's there. What it says is right. And if if you don't understand something, if you can't see something, You know what that's screaming? That you need to pray. That's what that's screaming. And God can do just what he said in Luke 24 and 45. Then opened he their understanding that they might understand the scripture. There are people that think they got everything under control and it's all, you know, this is a revelation. This comes from God. This is a revealing. God is the one turns the light on, and can turn it brighter and brighter in your little peanut head there. He can do that. He can do that. Everybody said hallelujah. Hallelujah. Everybody said praise the Lord. And so he went on to say, which they that are unlearned and unstable rest. In other words, they twist things. They get it all messed up. He said, as they do also the other scriptures. Unto their own destruction. But he said, "Ye therefore, beloved, seeing you know these things before, beware, lest ye also, being led away with the error of the wicked, fall from your own steadfastness." Come on now. You get a hold of yourself, and you throw yourself in a in a prayer meeting, and you talk to God. You get yourself in a service. And you shut the door on all distractions and all other plans. And you immerse yourself in the service. And tell yourself, acknowledge that this is the most important thing. This is what I need to get in a hurry about. This is what I need to put the throttle up and get into scared speed and get moving here. I need to get motivated. To move towards God to get this oh so great salvation and I'm telling you if you do you can count on it you can count on it that the Lord is going to do his part you can count on that and I'm glad I can count on the Lord I'm glad he's going to be there when I call I'm glad he's going to be there when I need him okay And and you should also feel that way. You should feel that way. And You should want the Lord to give to you what he's more than capable of doing. All right? And believe me, God's got good things in store. Good things in store. He's not out to uh, destroy. Okay, church family? That time's coming. But you don't have to be a part of that group. You don't have to be numbered with that number. You can be with that number and that group that the apostle was told. These are they that came out of great tribulation, washed their robes white in the blood of the Lamb. And, and you want to dance? Well, they're dancing. They're dancing around the throne. And they're not dancing promiscuously. They're not dancing naked around a golden calf. You ever read that in your Bible? Oh, no. Oh, There is a godly dance, church family. There is a Holy Ghost dance. There is a rejoicing. Friend, they were around the throne. And everything else was being burned up. And melted. And dropping into a bottomless pit. While the church is ascending up. You want to be with the church. You want to be with the congregation, the mighty congregation. It's called of God. You want to be with that. Question is, how do I do that? It's simple. Repent, God. I'm sorry, and I don't want to live the way I've been living. I want to turn away from that. I told somebody the other night was driving for me. I said, go up here at the stop sign, turn right immediately. You've got to get all the way over in the left-hand lane because we have to make a U-turn. Okay. Well, get in the correct lane, church family. Because you need to make a U-turn. You need to repent. Got to make a U-turn. Got to turn away from Satan. Got to turn away from unbelief. Got to turn away from darkness. And got to turn towards God. Got to bring forth free fruit that is worthy, proper, for repentance. Everybody said amen. You know, when you go to the produce department and uh, you're going to get a I don't know what's your favorite. Patrick, I think he likes mangoes. What? What? I don't know. What do you like, Tom? Watermelon? I don't know. Whatever anybody likes. You're going to, corn. <laughs> you're going to, uh, you're going to check it out to make sure it's it's not bruised and it's not rotten. Am I not right? Okay. Okay. So I'm simply saying that there is a fruit here of repentance that you want to bring to God. You don't want it to be rotten. You know, in the Old Testament, under the law, which was shadow and type, preview, they had to bring a sacrifice, and they had to bring the first firstling of their flock, a lamb. And it could not have any blemish. It could not have any bruise whatsoever. You've got to make a, a worthy repentance, a proper repentance, not a half-hearted. God will take anything. No, no, he won't. No, he won't. You just bring a heartfelt repentance, a meaningful repentance, a sincere repentance. I'm really sorry for how I've been, Lord. And I don't want to do that anymore. I don't want to be that way anymore. I want to be a new me. Make me a new me. Let me be born again. Give me a second chance. And that's exactly what he wants to do for each and every one of us. Let's stand together. God love you. Appreciate you very much. And I'm telling you, what God is saying, you can count on it. You can count on it. Every precious promise in the book, you can count on it. In their song, Lean On Me, you can lean on the Lord. You surely can. And one guy sang in his song, he said, Lean with me. Well, I'm going to lean with the Lord. I'm going to lean with him. I'm going to go in that direction. If my leaning with the Lord separates me and you, well, I don't want it to be that way, but then again, you know, I had to walk away from, we had to walk away from all our family. In my wife's case, that was a big family because she was Italian, you know? Come on, quit that smacking in the face. (laughs) She was of the Italian band, 10th chapter of Acts. And, you know, so we had to walk away from all. God pulled us out. God saved us. God delivered us. God changed us. God gave us a brand new life, brand new calling, brand new lease on life. And, uh, you know, we could have said, oh, I ain't going to do I'm not. No way. That's my favorite cousin. or That's my mama. or That's my. We could have said a lot of things. But that's not the way you're supposed to do it. You're supposed to love the Lord. You're supposed to put him first. You're supposed to love him more than anything or anybody. And then you let God bring the miracle as you pray for it. And you want God to do certain things. He'll do it. Sure he will. He's a great God. Let's take a moment. Lift our hearts with our hands, shall we? Thank you, dear God. Thank you for the great gift of God, the Holy Ghost, and fire. I pray that you'll touch each and every heart and each and every life. Your inspiration will be upon us, O oh God, that you will let us to go forward. In the power of your might. And help us, oh God, to put our flesh under our feet. God, knowing that you have a beautiful life planned out for us. Something so beautiful, God. If we knew what it was, we would be running to it. We couldn't get to it fast enough. Oh, yes, Lord. Oh, yes, Lord, I thank you. And I praise you, oh God. I worship you, oh holy Lord. And I thank you, O great and mighty God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Holy, 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 holy. Thank you, dear God. Thank you, dear King. I praise you, Lord. And I bless you, God. Thank you, Jesus. All right, everybody said praise the Lord. Everybody said God bless the offering. In Jesus' name. All right. Thank you for that rousing song. Okay, then. Let's worship the Lord. (laughs) Yeah, come on. Time. Encouraging time. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We love you. Great God, we praise you. Holy God, we worship you. I love you, Lord, and I bless you. God, you are mighty. God, you are holy. Save your soul bring a great salvation. Jones, God, man of the touch, I the breath, touch and